Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here to talk about the Tuesday, January 9th, NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. Uh, DJ, January 6th has come and gone. Um, of course, that being Adam Beckman bobblehead night for the Iowa Wild. Uh, still no Adam Beckman in the NHL, so the clock's ticking, but uh, I hope you celebrated Lamentous Day um, at, there in Iowa uh, this weekend. How'd your weekend? How you doing? And the Cincinnati Cyclones had like the paint the town red night on that. And people were like, are you really doing this? And they're like, wait, why, why not? Why wouldn't we? Um, so yeah, no momentous. Uh, my weekend was, I don't know, pretty, it was pretty normal where like, I thought it was going to be a great weekend and I was up a decent clip of money. And then I went into Sunday and I was like, all right, I'm loading up for football. And I got absolutely cranked in football and really on the entire sleeper hockey as well. So a great weekend spoiled by Sunday. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, you know, looking forward to the weekend ahead. Um, you know, a lot to do with hockey, a lot, lots going on. And as right before we clicked this record, uh, a big trade. So why don't you take us through that? Yeah, incredible. It actually was a jaw dropper. Um, apparently, uh, according to Frank Sever Valley, um, Cutter Gauthier told the Flyers he would not be signing with them. So he got traded to Anaheim in return for uh, Jamie Drysdale and a second round pick. So clearly Jamie Drysdale is a here and now uh, NHL, you know, like an NHL player, but also a very, uh, you know, he's a top prospect. He's already getting premium offensive minutes for that Ducks team. Uh, He heads into a pretty nice situation in Philly. Um, So, you know, we do have the Ducks on the slate. We'll cover how, you know, we should expect Minchikov and Fowler to sort of pick up the slack on the power play one and offensively and whatnot. Um, But also, you know, Cutter Gauthier is like going to be a fantasy stud, um, you know, given his track record so far and given his draft status. So, uh, you know, a a really impactful trade. uh, Very interesting. Any additional thoughts beyond that i mean i know you're a resident uh world junior championship a watcher so you know cutter gotier pretty good huh he seems good i mean it's always hard to tell and and i'm you know i i really want to be uh like i don't want to be hot takeish about this because it would be kind of just useless but i do think that oftentimes especially uh, i know i'm guilty of this but you look at your own prospects and you say they're better than anyone else could possibly conceive and then uh, a lot of times it doesn't work out. I think Cutter Gauthier is really good. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm expecting him to be a very impactful player, but Jimmy Drysdale is an impactful player right now, today. And the Flyers could use him for sure right now, today. Their defense went from incredibly bad last year to incredibly good this year, and this doesn't make it any worse. So, like, while I understand being frustrated, losing arguably their top prospect, you know, they did get better today. They are a playoff team. And, uh, you know, it, like, is Cutter Gauthier going to be a 40-goal scorer? Probably not. You know, it's going to be a 30 goal score. It's potentially there. Is he probably going to be a 25 goal score? I think that's, you know, you know, right as of right now, I don't know why else you could say anything else. And I know I am incredibly biased when it comes to the Sabres. And I was saying that Devin Levi was going to save the franchise. Okay. So all of this to say, I'm an idiot. Why don't we get to the slate? Perfect. Yeah. We do have 10 games. Um, anything, I don't have yeah. anything, anything to add on that weekend. No, I I got nothing. I mean, it's really yeah, really. Exciting. You don't want to talk about the bills, um, but uh, oh, I mean, I guess that happened. Yeah, it's it's cool. The, the the one of the best teams in football was one of the best teams in football at the end of the year. Okay, cool. But we got there. Just uh, you know, uh, more tipsy turvy than maybe it should have been. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I, whatever. It's football. Who cares? I had a, I had a rare five slate losing day yesterday, so I'm pretty, pretty, uh, not one to discuss yesterday whatsoever, you know, just, uh, main slate <laughs> afternoon no. NFL and then, uh, you know, early main hockey showdown till enter hockey loss. Actually six, six slates. Hold on. Cause the, the bill showdown slate also. So there we go. Uh, yeah, not, not a, not a banner day for me yesterday. Uh, so I'm ready to move on. So, uh, let's get to the slate. Um, yeah, DJ, do you want to take us uh, through got the 10 games 10 we games. on the docket? Yeah, it's Seattle, Buffalo, LA, Tampa, San Jose, Toronto, Vancouver, the Islanders, Anaheim, who we just discussed, but not Jimmy Drysdale, Nashville, Florida, uh, St. Louis, Columbus, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Chicago, Boston, Arizona, Ottawa, uh, and the Flames. And there's a, a metric ton of news I skipped along the way here. There's there's a lot going on with all of these teams. So I, I honestly don't even know if it's worth trying to pinpoint every one of them. I think every game has something that I was like, well, that's important. Well, that's important. So why don't we just get into it um, after you tell us about where we might be putting bets in and or playing DFS as well? Uh, sure, yes. Uh, as always, well, actually... As always, this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Um, actually, let's hold let's hold the read for a minute because I completely forgot that we have a new ad read for 2024. Um, so let's uh, let's do it after the first game. But um, in any case, we do have ten games. I think, as far as uh, an ownership perspective, we should obviously expect Toronto to be uh, incredibly owned. They have a whole matchup with San Jose. Um, I think that's, I mean, maybe we have Edmonton on the road in Chicago as well. Um, though, you know, that that's a road matchup, not a home matchup. So um, the, your mileage may vary. Boston takes on Arizona, but it's a back-to-back. So I don't think that's going to be as piled on. And Winnipeg at home to Columbus seems like a good spot. I, I honestly don't know if the team total will get there, though. Um, you know, obviously, we have a ton of respect for the Jets around here. Um, and they're a one-line team, so it could be very interesting from a proje- projection standpoint, but I do think Edmonton and Toronto are just going to be your team jam them in, and it's going to be really important to find good values. Um, so anything else off the top before you take us into Seattle and Buffalo? Nope, nope. I think that's all That's all good stuff. Um, Seattle and Buffalo. Can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah, I think I'm sorry. I think I froze for half a second there. Yes. Um, it's it, very valuable, very I would say there's a lot of value in this game. Like off the cuff, it seems easy to see it. Uh, do you want to pull up? I'm going to add your screen to the stage quick for anyone that wants to view this. Just to, are you ready for that or not yet? Yes. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy to share. Um, right. By the way, we are on. We're, we're posting this on YouTube as well after the fact. So, um, you know, if we're not going to use many visuals, trust me, this is a podcast first and foremost, but if you want to tag along, you know, you can see us, I'm, I'm saying hi, I'm waving, um, and, you know, I'm screen sharing some stuff, but uh, yeah, this this shows a very substantial matchup, favoring Edmonton, um, and then LA, Florida, uh, Seattle here, which, yep. you know, kind of surprising, but I'm yeah. guessing that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, again, uh, Buffalo is, a, you know, in the bottom half percent, it's not that they're completely out of consideration, but it is kind of a situation where it is hard oftentimes to pinpoint exactly what you want to play on Seattle. We talk about that a lot. Um, I've kind of become more accustomed to picking, uh, you know, uh, the, you know, we'll get, you know, I'll just say it like the Seattle line. I oftentimes end up landing on revolves around Tobin and and Brookstrand. I think they're the best finishers. And I think in a contest of 10 games, they're the ones 
break the slate. McCann is, you know, around that realm as well, but I like the correlation. You, you can normally get almost every single slate with Tolvin and Brookstrand. Um, so it's kind of on one hand, I think the matchup favors Seattle being a little bit better. I don't know if I trust them to break a 10 game slate, especially with a lot of teams that I really, really like uh, being something I want to target more. Like, if, but again, like if you're playing Edmonton, are people getting to Seattle? Right. So is it another way to kind of pivot off of the chalk? Um, I kind of talking myself in a circle right now already. And I've already like, I know I'm going to have the same debate tomorrow. Where is Seattle a good play at their current price? Again, Tolvin in 4,300. Um, Bjorkstrand, 5K. Uh, Riker Evans is back up. So, like, maybe he's on a power play or something. But Dunn is 5K. Like, it doesn't feel like there's as much value as I'd like here. But there is some value. So, like, are you considering Seattle one-offs? Are you considering putting a couple pieces together? I, I, I mean, we'll see where, like, things wind up. But I do think Seattle depth is i mean seattle's gonna have a lot of ownership because of the stress and putting together an edmonton and or toronto lineup like there's just no way to play without you know multiple sub 4k pieces and when you can correlate them and they look pretty good like these seattle guys do um that's something that i think uh, we should be focusing on um so i don't think we're gonna get unknown seattle i think there are ways you could deploy it intelligently you know keep an eye keep an eye or keep a finger on the pulse of ownership you know if seattle's gonna be 15 percent owned across the board i don't think i want to play a 15 percent owned you know seattle like whatever third line you want to call the Yanni gord line or something um but you know uh, at least look to seattle for some options um with that said, on, on the Buffalo side of things, this game is, is six and a half. So, like, there is some expectation of goals. And despite the relatively stout defensive play from Seattle, Buffalo has been rather good uh, as of late. You know, they, well, rather up-tempo as of late. They've finally won two games in a row. So, uh, you know, DJ, the, this franchise is saved. Uh, all hail Terry Tegula. Um Miracles. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think there's a re- like I don't think there's a good reason Buffalo- to not play. Uh, we have that delay thing going on again, which is very unfortunate. Um, yeah. The podcast people Just though go on. avoid this, so no. yeah. Um, do you have uh, you know like do you have any interest in some Buffalo pieces, be it the top line um, at their relatively inexpensive salaries relative to the other? You know, like Tate Thompson is seven k. Um, Matthews is 10.2, McDavid is 9.6. Now, there's lots of centers in the 7K range, but does like Tage Thompson and his line mates interest you? Um, can I interest you in some depth Buffalo to go with these, you know, Chalk, Toronto, Edmonton pieces, anything like that uh, of interest? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Like, it's not, I think, I think I would say this. I'm only going to plan on playing Tage. Um, the second line's coming up in price. People are playing it. It's not to a, an extreme degree by any extent, but I don't really think on this slate you're going to get a winning score out of anything outside of Tage Thompson. Um, last time I played Tage, it was just Tage and Darlene. I should have played Skinner with it, right? And, and, like, you're going to find those situations where, like, at 7K, if Tage does get there, I, I do think that you can make an argument that you want to pair him with Skinner and Darlene if possible or just Skinner. Um, and maybe, I don't know, Tuck is, is in the realm, but I think I'm, I'm like stacking it through Tage. Like, I, I think that's all I'm really interested in this game. I could like maybe be convinced if I'm playing Seattle as well to take a take a second look at a guy like Jordan Everly at 3,700. Like that's another guy that I just feel like is getting kind of not only unlucky, but like I feel like there's at least a case for positive shot regression for him as well. Um, 
again, this game is interesting, but I just, I can't sink my teeth into anything and feel really good about it. Uh, I, I don't know if ownership's really going to get there on Buffalo, but it probably should be higher than it, it is. It's probably the way I'd put it. And, and if it is going to come in low, I'm going to be more interested, but if people are jamming Tage because of the seven K price and the obvious upside, then I, I think I'm going to stay away myself. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's perfectly, perfectly reasonable. Um, you know, uh, the, I do also kind of like it's tough because I think Edmonton Toronto will be so owned that the mid tier might just get wiped. Um, but there are other spots in the mid tier that I think I prefer more than Buffalo because um, I do have some respect for the way Seattle is playing as of late and uh, Joey Decor debatable at this point. So um, let's see here. I have the new read LA Tampa or. Oh, you're ready. Do it now. Uh, let's see. One. Yes, one second. All right, so yes, this this podcast into 2024 is still sponsored by DraftKings, you know, by the sportsbook, but also, you know, if you're playing DFS, you can, you, if you can play on the sportsbook, you know, any way to support DraftKings, please do so on behalf of this show and the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, we know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports winning partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks in the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-878-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill in Casino in Kansas. There we go. In Kansas it is. There we go. I was wondering about that. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. All right, so there we go. Thank you to DraftKings for uh, continuing to sponsor the show into the new year. And let's head on over to L.A. at Tampa. Um, on the L.A. side of things, you know, they, they are still presumably rolling with their new line combinations. Uh, DJ, any news to report in that regard? I didn't see anything out of L.A. today, no. Um, so we're expecting it still to be yeah. Dowdy on the first power play. Uh, they scored twice, so it's kind of like – a lot of people were saying, well, is Brad Clark going to get rid of the top power play? And Drew Doughty said, uh, no, no, thank you, sir. Our, we're going to dominate. Um, so Clark was playing last game. I expected to stay in there over Jordan Spence. He had 16 minutes uh, power play two. And then you yeah, have the same line configuration, which had Cali up to no and Fiala. Since we last talked, Cali uh, is out of the doghouse. Yes, uh, good, good for that. Um, I think it's possible Brent Clark does not you know, like doesn't get, uh, doesn't play in this game. We don't know for sure though. So just keep an eye out for uh, confirmed lines. The the reason being, you know, they ended up losing to Washington. I mean, that game was pretty crazy. Um, I had a text to my buddy who's a Kings fan. He's like, dude, are you watching this game? And, you know, it was during red zone. So I was not um, because it was only on NHL network. So I had the iPad with uh, ESPN plus and the Calgary game on, which was not as fun. Um, but yeah, so LA seems like they should have won, but in any case, you know, a lot of tempo, Brant Clark did next to nothing, but 
if if he's playing, I still think he's a perfectly reasonable option. Um, I think I've read off his stats before uh, on on this program, but just in case I hadn't, um, he profiles as an incredible defensive uh, or as an offensive defenseman. Uh, he was drafted eighth overall in 2021. Uh, as of last year, you know, last year he played in the OHL, uh, he almost doubled the sort of like shot index for what you'd expect a player of his age to do in the OHL, which, you know, is it's age adjusted for how, you know, being a 20 ish year old player in the OHL, um, but it's not position adjusted and reminder, he's a defenseman. So like getting a ton of shots is, is impressive and he re- he recorded more points than, you know, he technically should have for players of his age as a defenseman. In the AHL, he's absolutely nuking. Uh, I believe he's top five among rookies and shots on goal in the AHL. Um, and he's, you know, leading their power play, doing absolutely everything you'd want from a top-end defensive prospect. So if he's getting even power play two minutes, I think it's perfectly reasonable to spend forty or 2800 on Brent Clark. Um, but, you know, playing 15 minutes, not getting power play one, he's not a lock-it-in type play um, like he would be in, you know, the other circumstance. So... I do still have some interest in LA. Um, the the Kempe, Laferriere, Dubois line treated me well last week. They're a bit more expensive, you know, about a thousand collectively more than they were um, previously. So I think I'm with you in that I'm sticking to power play stacks, if anything, on LA. Um, but they are, you know, somewhat interesting. I, I think Adrian Kempe's too cheap for his stealing, um, and, and he stacks nicely with. Kevin Fiala, um, you could even mix in, you know, like a Dubois, Fiala, Kempe, and just sort of say, you know, uh, Kempe gets there and he does it with a little bit of everything. And the prices are perfectly fair. Like, they're not going to hurt you at all. On LA, any interest in Tampa here? I mean, there's one reason. Uh, I, I guess there's two. So, I guess first and foremost, what is LA's problem then? As of late, uh, this was a team that I believe set the NHL record for road wins in a row. I mean, absolutely rolling. It seemed like they weren't going to be stopped. How many games have they dropped in a row? Then they drop like I'm trying to pull it up on the fly here. They've lost three, four, five in a row, five in a row. And you might be saying to yourself, "Have they been really bad?" Oh uh, no, the goaltending finally got back to normal, and and that's been about the size of it. Like you give up four on two expected, you're going to lose to Washington sometimes. That's just the way the news goes. I think they're totally fine, but if you are going to say, "Okay, whatever," right, like. I'm going to play Tampa because I think LA isn't as good and they've lost five in a row and they're on the road, whatever you want to talk yourself into. It is point Stamkos and Kucherov all together, five on five in the power play. Um, they are bringing back Chernak into the fold. Uh, so it's Hebben, Radish, Chernak, Dahan in the top four for defense. Um, I don't think that gets rid of Hedman in any capacity. Like it's, you know, it's not like they're, Sergeyev is an actual guy that takes up a lot of offensive usage. Um Turnack is not, so I don't think it changes him too much. All that being said, you can stack Tampa one. I don't think it's my favorite. I still really respect LA, and I'm just not betting against goaltending for no good reason. So I think I'm out on it. Um, I do like LA, like you said, a good bit here, just fine. And they seem a little bit easier. But Tampa one isn't really that expensive. I mean, Kucherov makes it expensive, but like, 98 for Kudrop and then 6,800, 6,700 for Stamkos and Point, respectively. Like, it's doable. Yeah, I mean, it's very clearly just an anti-Toronto, anti-Edmonton leverage point because, like you said, Kudrop is 9,800. That's a pretty absurd price to pay um, to not get the premium matchups that 
uh, McDavid and Matthews are in, but I get right. it. I understand. And uh, I'm not going elsewhere on in this lineup. You know, Michael Icymont is technically on the second line, but uh, he's been there before and not really gotten minutes. So despite having really strong rates on a permanent basis, I kind of want to see them prove that they'll give him 15 minutes before I sort of go into punting on a 10-game slate with Icymont. So, um, yeah. yeah. He feels like Thursday this tune might change, but yeah, he he feels like what Daniel Sprung kind of used to be when he got ten minutes every night. You know, like Daniel Sprung gets a little bit more run now, and uh, just maybe a less yeah, he gets a finishing ability, but similar rates. Wait, what? He gets eleven now. Sprung does. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. No, I, again, like it, it, you know, <laughs> less finishing, but similar shot rates. Like it good, but yeah, it's it is a it is a twenty eight hundred punt that exists in a vacuum. But we can move on to. Obviously, the one of the most premium matchups on the entire slate. You've already hinted at it a couple times. It's Toronto at home against San Jose. Austin Matthews is fucking ten thousand two hundred. My brain like can't like looking at that price. It just seems insane to me. Uh, Marner seven K to go with him. The eleven point five million dollar man William Nylander. As of I think I guess starting next year, he is resigned with the team. Um, he's playing with Tavares like. There's clearly two angles to go here. You know, you go your Matthews angle, you go your uh, Nylander angle, or you try to put them both together, Matt. That might be just the secret skeleton key that unlocks absolutely nothing because you've spent all your cap. But do you have any idea of how you'd want to attack Toronto if you've decided I am going to play them and waste every last morsel of cap I have and now I have to play Mike Galassimov? Yeah, I, I think it's a... I mean, I think it's Matthews until further notice. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly difficult. And again, the ownership here will be extreme. Um, so you know, it, it's I don't think it's a must play. Uh, the rates are down ever so slightly for Matthews. Um, so like you know, the the difference in expected fantasy points between him and the other players at the top of this slate, uh, particularly those like in the seven K range is not as dramatic as, you know, you, I guess you, I don't even know if you might think, but just like, it, it's so much more money. The $3,000 between like an Alex Barkov and uh, Austin Matthews, like you are getting so much more safety with, uh, with Matthews here, but like there are options cheaper that are very, very good. So like, I'm not, I'm not really willing to sacrifice the rest of my lineup to, jam in you know matthews uh honestly so you could use a guy like matthew nice to try and bridge the gap i'm not gonna do that i just don't believe that this is in any way linked to uh like an awesome matthew ceiling night is matthew nice getting me there and he's not 2500 he's 3500 um so this is very much you pick between toronto and edmonton you jam them the hell in, you find scrubs that fit, and you move on. Like I don't really think you can get too much uh, out of me in this instance. So I think I lightly side with Edmonton and thus am, I guess, kind of fading Toronto here, which you know isn't really a fade, but it's just like a, like, look, he can get 50 and bury me, but if Austin Matthews at 10.2 gets even 35 points, one you're not guaranteed that his line mates get there with him. So it's a less powerful stack. And two, like I might be able to get 25 from a seven K player and fit in a good second stack with that 
the, you know, with that player in his stack and still end up winning the tournament anyway. So, um, yeah, I think Matthews is a great play, but not quite at the level that I need at his current salary. Anything, you know, especially beyond that? No, no, I think that everything you said makes sense. Um, I, I do, I, I really, the one point I'd make is like you just said though, like he has to get like at least, you know, an, an insane amount of points to bury you. And for that reason, I would actually just say I'm, I would just, I'm playing the whole line, playing nice. I, I just, if he gets 50, you know what I mean? There's no way Nice is not in, coming through with it. And like, I do think enough people out there just won't do it for a stupid reason. Like Matthews is going to have so much more ownership than Matthew Nice. And like, he needs to get 50. I don't think I'm going to play it either, but I'm just saying, I kind of want to just like, I'm piggyback. That is, I would do that personally. Um, did you say you'd do that? I even remember now. Did you say you'd play Nice? I feel like you're saying you don't want to play Nice so no. you're not playing Matthews. I'm not. Yeah, I'm okay, not interested. You just doesn't add anything you can't even luck into a blocks bonus with him and the shots are just not there so um yeah i'm, I'm pretty much out yes. um, i think i need a 25 player he's getting 15 minutes i i don't know i i personally like i i whatever we can have we can we can differ on this you know it's our podcast and we can disagree i'm going all the way if i'm playing matthews because if he gets 50 i, I think nias is going to be in the optimal uh more than likely so i but again at this point it's not my favorite. Uh, I have no interest in the Sharks whatsoever. I know that Logan Couture, uh, once again, they're saying it's like incredibly close. On the fourth, it was maybe available for the upcoming road trip. So keep an eye out tomorrow for Logan Couture, who could be returning. Don't know at this point. Um, most of you saw something I didn't see. Uh, nope, that, that's all I was going to say. Couture remains out. Um, this matchup is obviously brutal for San Jose. You know, goaltending is goaltending, but um, there's nothing obvious that I want to take advantage of. So, um, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, like, you can and, possibly punt Cam Madison. It's, it's it's not only goaltending is goaltending. It is a revenge narrative, Matt. Martin Jones is starting tomorrow against San Jose. <laughs> oh, you're right. So you also um, want to attempt? Didn't, didn't this happen? I mean, eighty five hundred lock them in. Sorry, what? Well, didn't this happen the other day too? Yeah, they were in San Jose on Saturday, so you know it's not as exciting. But yes, four to one victory, easy win for Martin Jones. If you want your guaranteed eighteen point six at eighty five hundred, here's your guy, Martin Jones. There you go. Um, okay. Anyway, we know that. Um, we're expecting power play one to be Hurdle, Duclair, Hoffman, Eklund, Addison. So if you really wanted to go back to the Hoffman, Addison, you know, mini well, it's okay. Uh, Addison has mixed in two blocks bonuses in his last four games, um, but it's not something that I'm prioritizing um, by any means. So I'm going to move on to Vancouver at the Islanders. Vancouver is rolling out the top line of JT Miller, Pedersen, and Besser. We're expecting that to stick as it is. Um, so right away, I'm intrigued. It's a back-to-back, so I imagine ownership will be pretty low. This is the sort of stuff I mean, where Pedersen, Besser, Miller are all in the 7K range, and they're not great value-wise, but stacking them in full still allows you to play a decent second stack with it, if you would like. You know, it's not great, but it's also not terrible. So uh, Vancouver right away stands out for that reason. No one else on Vancouver interests me. Uh, any interest in Vancouver or the Islanders on the other side of this matchup? You know, I, I to this point, I hadn't mentioned any of the betting lines because I was waiting till we got to this point. All four games that we've mentioned so far, including this one, are six over-unders, and all of them are right in between minus 120 and minus 125. 
So these first four games are incredibly low totals. Um, there's some others on the slate that are, are in the six range and one even lower, but we have been talking about games that aren't really projected all that well. This is probably the first one that I think the books are the most wrong on. Um, I could easily be convinced of, of any, like you could, you know, again, uh, goaltending kind of driven a little bit here or there in different capacities, yada, yada. This game, even with the back-to-back, I think it's a bit a bit off at that mi- at that minus 120. And I think the Vancouver one is just, it, it feels like better Buffalo one to me. Um, a little bit more, um, less ownership is probably the right word, <laughs> the words that I want to use here. I don't know if there's actually anything ultra, like, important to, to say. I think this line is, A, it's rolling right now. I mean, they have played two games together and are absolutely cranking everyone. Uh, they've already scored uh, all three or no, two goals tonight against the Rangers after, after one, when we're recording now. Uh, they just came off of a slate-breaking performance, I have to imagine. They had a ton against uh, whatever. They played the garbage team. I can't even remember right now. Um, they played like four against doubles? someone. Who am I blanking on? It was the Devils. Yeah, right. Garbage. They don't have Jack Hughes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, no, the Jack Hughes Devils are bad. So um, I'm just kidding. They're fine. I just, again, they, they're not that expensive. Like Brock Bethard at 7,100. Like, what does the man have to do? What? I just, they're not going to do it. They're just, they're just going to keep him here. This is where he lives. I'm in. Like, I am definitely in on this stack. And I don't think it's going to be popular at all because people, A, Bade the back to back, B, the Islanders get this stigma still that they're boring and whatever. And C, it's too expensive to afford Austin Matthews. It's too expensive to afford McDavid. So people just aren't going to pivot here. So I think it's actually like the Skolansky Bucks play of the night, whether it gets there or not. Uh, I, I, I agree with that. I think people will be very into Ilya Sorokin. Um, he checks in at, let's see, 7,800, you know, sub 8K um, against the back-to-back team. His, he's on the Islanders. People love to jam that. So um, I think that's, you know, obviously uh, pretty good. The Islanders themselves are kind of interesting to me. Um, you know, Vancouver's been better defensively than than we give them credit for. Um, but I imagine at home that this Barzell line is going to get, you know, a matchup without the top line. Um, they've sort of... St- away from throwing out the identity line at team's top comp. Um, let's see. I'm actually not even sure the last time the Islanders were at home because they were just on this long road trip. Um, but yeah, let's see. Perfect at last time they played Pittsburgh, um, they got killed. But let's just see how they match things up. It was largely the Sezikis quarterback line against Crosby. So I guess there you go. Um, so they are throwing the identity line at these guys, meaning that I guess either of Nelson or Horvat, um, you know, while they'll get some shifts against the top line, they should get a lot against the underbelly of Vancouver, which again has been very good. So like, I can't really uh, destroy it that much, but like the second line has Andre Kuzmenko on it. And we imagine that remains the same. So like, it's not that scary defensively and it's getting slightly more reasonable to play a guy like, Matthew Barzell. He's down from 6,600 down to 63. Um, so, like, we're, we're slowly getting there. It's still not great. Dobson, 7,200. Uh, Horvat, 6,900. But it's closer. And I think it's still reasonable on a 10-game slate. Um, you know, I think Vancouver will be able to score goals here. And I think that uh, the Islanders will be able to match them. So, I like the spot. I don't love it, though. So, I'm good to move on um, if you don't have anything else. Yeah, I think we largely agreed overall. Um, and I guess for your, your DraftKings Sportsbook, I think the over here is going to be fine. 
Um, we can move over to Anaheim at Nashville, right? That's up next. Yep, Anaheim and Nashville. In Nashville, the Ducks will obviously be, be without Jamie Drysdale, as I've already said. Uh, they're overall pretty cheap outside of Frank Petrano. Um, I, you know, I definitely someone that gets Frank Petrano on a small slate, uh, seventy two hundred on a big slate, a little bit more difficult. But are there pieces here in Anaheim? I think we should just start with them uh, that you are interested in. Like, are you? Troy Terry's back in the in the in the mix uh, after he came back for his first game, uh, seventeen minutes, so it didn't take long to get reacclimated. Um, I, I guess you know I'm just gonna let you talk. Is there anything here that you're really keening in on? Um, I, I feel like I'm kind of leading you to one answer, but let me hear what you guys say. Yeah, so without um, without Drysdale, uh, we are going to expect Minchikov to pick back up the power play one job. Um, and to also pick up some of the minutes that he stopped getting as soon as Drysdale re-entered the lineup. Uh, reminder that earlier this year, Minchukov was, you know, not overly likely to see 20 minutes, but that was in his range of outcomes. And recently that's been more of, you know, 12 to maybe like 15, 16, like 18 is as high from the last 10 games as I'm scrolling. So um, I do think the, the role grows for Minchukov. He clearly is NHL caliber. Um, and so 3,800 is a discount for an NHL caliber player who we expect to man the top power play unit. The matchup is fine. It's not great. Um, but if there's anywhere to attack, I think it is the penalty kill or, you know, it's the power play for Anaheim. Um, and with that, we still have a very cheap Kalorn, Zegras, um, you know, Terry, if you want to do that, I kind of, um, yeah, I'm not really sure actually who I'd want to pick if I had to pick one of these guys. Um, but I think like a two man or like a three man, uh, say like Zegers, Kalorn, uh, Minchikov, or Zegers, Terry, Minchikov, something like that could make sense. Uh, just power play stack this up. But uh, was there someone who I mentioned or who I didn't mention that you wanted to talk about? Uh, sorry, I was muted. I was clicking buttons to try to show uh, the Lions last game as we were talking about them for a second. Um, yeah, uh, no, I, I, nothing really like incredibly stands out. I, I agreed with everything you were saying about the power play, which is why I'm just kind of looking at Zegers and Terry myself. Um, they feel cheap on this slate. I am just never going to be afraid to attack Nashville no matter what. Um, so I, I leading that way, and Minchikov is is also very solid. I don't know if I'm going all the way, like and saying he's definitely being included. But I do like him. I think if I see him paired with Fowler instead of Drysdale, who's obviously not going to be paired with Fowler, that's when I might say, okay, this comes up even another notch because they're just going to play Cam Fowler no matter what. So he'll just play no matter what. And, yep. and that's sort of the, the, what I'm dealing with here. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in on it. Uh, I'm not I'm not also not you know saying I couldn't even game stack this, though. But, you know, let's just say Anaheim is getting there. Without a doubt, we know where it's coming from on the other side. So I could very easily also consider a game stack, you know, and, and I, I don't think I need to go pass it back to you. Like uh, it's Forsberg and Yossi, <laughs> you know, we, we've seen Nyquist maybe come back to life a little bit. Um, he scored a, a nice little uh, goal where he stole the puck right off of, I can't remember whose stick was just like, I'll take that and score. Thank you very much. Um, I was watching some of the Nashville Dallas game. Who the heck was it? It's going to bother me now, but it was someone bad. And I was mad about it because I was like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, point being, 
I could really go either way in this game and I could actually see myself playing four players. Like I just said, like Zegers, Terry, Yossi Forsberg. Yeah. Um, Forsberg has been, you know, excellent. There's, there's nothing, nothing to that. And again, he's 2000 cheaper than Kucherov. He's, you know, 2,400 less than Matthews. So like you do get some substantial savings off of these top end guys Any pretty good matchup, you know, Anaheim's no good uh, defensively. Like they've, they've lost, you know, like they've tanked, <laughs> you know, it's, it's fair to say that they are actively tanking too, by trading, you know, Drysdale for a play who's down in HL or so like, you know, they're, they're gearing up for the future. Um, they're not good now. So like, there's no harm in attacking them with uh, good players. Um, I know we're getting, well, actually, I believe we're getting Cody Glass back into the lineup. Is that right? Yeah. He last so, played yes. on the 29. Yep, yep, yep. So Let's see. Do we have who his line mates I are? Heard, I retweeted the line. Mike McCarron and Phil yeah, I retweeted them. I can perfect them. So, uh, so I like the two man of Glass and Tomasino. Um, you know, Tomasino is twenty eight hundred. Glass is the dead minimum twenty five hundred. I would expect both those guys to get secondary power play time, but there's a pretty good, you know, like these guys should not be minimum salary in a good matchup. So like, there's really no harm, even if they don't like crush, um, they allow you to fit in the McDavid's, the Matthews. Um, and you know, you get two, two guys that are correlated and if they hit hooray, if not, well, that's the expectation, but at least they allowed you to fit in, you know, the, the nuclear ceiling guys of the night. And, um, I would be okay with that mini as well. So, um, anything else here before we move on? Any, uh, I mean, is Gurianov or any? I mean, he's playing with like Sissons and Parsonins, and you'd think they'd give them a similar, if not more, run than a guy like Glass. And you think the ceiling exists still. I, I know he only, well, he had 14 minutes and no power play run last game, which is mm-hmm. incredibly disappointing. And obviously, I just made the case against him. But does anyone else here like a Gurianov, um, you know, at, I believe, was he, I don't think he's minimum anymore. I think he came up like 100 or something. Yes. But, um, Gurianov's the minimum because he wasn't on last slate. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So a guy at the minimum, you have two shots on goal. I, I, I'm not going to look up the attempts right now. But again, it's like, okay, I like Glass playing with these guys that are, you know, Tomasino could eat some of his shots and they played the least amount of run, like Prennan and, and McCarron and Tomasino, whereas like Gurianov at least got some five on five run with guys that are not really shot first players. I don't know. I mean, it's a minimum salary play. I just, I feel like at least we should mention it because the guy I've always been a fan of in DFS and, it sucks that he's been a not even here and being wasn't even on a power play last game, but you know, um, yeah, that's I don't know. Gurionov was really only ever good on the power play, so it's it's yeah. one of those things where I'm not I'm not overly enthused by. It. I know Tomasino will be on the power play. You know, he's a prospectish guy, so I I don't think Glass steals his job, and I think they do value Cody Glass more than say Yuso Parsonen, who is currently on the second unit. So it's not that far of a reach to tell. To tell me that they both get secondary power play time for a team that actually uses their second unit somewhat. Like it's not Edmonton where they're going to get 10 seconds of time uh, per power play. So let's move over to Florida, St. Louis. Um, another, you know, pretty good matchup here uh, for the fight in Sam Reinhardt's. Uh, somehow, Barkov, Rod- I guess Barkov and Rodriguez escaped serious injury because they returned for uh, Saturday's game after getting hurt early in Thursday's game. Um, against Vegas, so or it might have been Friday, Sunday, but whatever it was. Um, 
Barkov and Reinhardt are simply too cheap for how they've played. Like, I mean, full stop, they've been incredible. Sam Reinhardt shooting at an ungodly 27%. Uh, they call that the Kuzmenko. Um, but he's a player who, you know, has tangible positive impacts on both ends of the ice. Um, so, like, this price tag just makes no sense to me. Um, there's even a chance Reinhardt locks his way into a blocks bonus because he's playing the PK. He's uh, picked up multiple blocks in three of his last five games. So, like, you know, I can't really poke any holes in it. Any, I mean, any holes that you would like to poke in this Florida one spot? Do you, do you prefer Florida two now that Matthew Kachuk seems to be cooking again? Uh, what are your thoughts on Florida here? I really like, I mean, I, I think every single podcast I've that Pete Lewis is on, I make the same point that I bet against them all the time and I love stacking against them and all this garbage. Um, yeah, you could bet against them again because check it out. Another stack that's right in the 7K range, uh, both, you know, well, Florida won a little bit more, both 7,400 Barkov and Reinhardt. And, you know, you get a bit of a savings from a guy like Erod at 4K, who is clearly useful, um, you know, 6,500 for Verhage, 6,400 for Matt the Chuck. And of course, Brandon Montour continues to be the exact same. I, I mean, I, I I do think I've finally like, you know, like um, it's like a, in like a love movie where the the guy finally like gets the picture, gets the hints, like she doesn't love you, bro. You got to give it up. I don't know. There's probably movies out there like that. I think that happened with me and betting on Brandon Montour um, when they scored eight goals and he didn't get a single point. Um, he's forty eight hundred, and um, I I you know. I, I am broken. Uh, he just, I don't get it. I don't know what to say and I don't get it. You made the good point. You, you already described it. Uh, you, the clippy you said wrote about it. I, I think I just end up, you know, I, I personally, I think I end up on Ryan or Barkov, I guess to answer the question briefly without going into my self pity, but I, I decided to go into my self pity anyways. Um, and just say I'm probably not going to just, okay. I'm just going to stay away from Montour at this point. I, and he's going to go for yeah. five points. Ooh. You know, the underlines for St. Louis aren't great. Um, and neither are the goals, honestly, which is kind of surprising. Like, they're, but over their last 10, they've been like a league average team that's very good defensively. They're like very low paced, you know, that, that's what I mean to say. They're not scoring a ton, they're not generating a ton. They're allowing a light, a light bit above average, but they're allowing fewer goals than average. And they've won seven straight. And it's not like they've played bad. Actually, they lost to Pittsburgh in the middle there. But uh, they've played really well against this kind of murderer's row of teams as of late. Uh, Dallas, they beat 4-3. to They lost to Tampa 6-1, to following that up beating Florida 4-1 to in Florida. They beat Chicago 7-5. Who cares? Uh, they hold Dallas to one goal in a 2-1 to win. They lose 2-1 to to Colorado at the very last second. Uh, Pittsburgh beats them 42 and then Vancouver and Carolina two to one victories over them. So there is something there, you know, that the new coach bump, whatever you want to say, like this is a respectable team. Um, so, you know, Florida's still of interest to me. I think they're a juggernaut, but it's not the slam dunk case that I think, uh, you know, you might look at St. Louis without Justin Falk and think, yep, like jam them. They're terrible defensively. That just really hasn't been the case. So, um, still worth a sprinkle, still worth considering, you know, like Barkov Reinhardt for sure. Um, I still love the duo, but it's not the slam dunk spot that I think, you know, so just keep an eye on that. Make sure that they're not over projecting Florida here in this spot. All right, let's, let's keep things going into 
Winnipeg at Columbus. Actually, did you want to play anyone on St. Louis? I'm going to guess no, but um, you know, join Cairo at 5600. No, no, I stay away from Florida. Uh, as a principal, uh, Boothnavich has been shooting a ton, eight shot attempts per game over the last five. We may have just missed the boat on that, um, honestly. Like, I'm not sure if that's going to be ultra sustainable, and it's not something I'm going to bet on here against Florida. But I do think, like, I maybe and everything you just said, it's like keep that in mind for another slate. Like, Florida's really good. I'm going to stay away. But yeah, let's move on to Columbus at Winnipeg, and it just shouldn't take that long. Like, I'm not playing Columbus against Winnipeg. Winnipeg has just simply been too good defensively. It's not all goaltending here. Um, okay, okay, Matt, you seem to have a different idea here yourself, maybe. But we'll, you know, we'll, we can always differ on, on opinions. Um, I could can maybe try to convince myself to play Winnipeg, but I'm just not sure they're my favorite stack in a similar price range. Um, we know where the offense is coming from. I'm, I'm Winnipeg. I get that. It's a pretty good matchup, all considered. I, I, you know, not the best though. And I think again, like there's a lot of stacks in this range that feel a bit similar in, in, in many respects. Uh, I do think people will actually come on to Winnipeg more so than like the Vancouver's and stuff that I'm planning on playing. So Matt, is there something you want me to pull up first off before you, you get into whatever you're going to say? You kind of gave me a look for the people watching. No, I, I was not intending to give any sort of look. I think I was itching the side of my mouth, honestly. Um, but you know, uh, when you say it's not all know. goaltending in Winnipeg, that's very true. They're, I mean, they're great defensively. They're even good offensively. So like, um, you know, like goaltending hasn't hurt. I mean, their goaltending has not sprung a leak whatsoever. So like, yeah, they're going to have, uh, you know, some of the best numbers in the league when you can combine those two things. So they're still saving more goals than they should, but that doesn't mean you want to attack Columbus on a 10 game slate chock full of options. Um, that that's what I'll say. So I'm yeah. fine xing out Columbus. If you want to mix in a 3k Adam Boakvist playing 20 to 24 minutes, I'm perfectly fine with that, but it's certainly not a must-play by any means. Uh, on the Winnipeg side, it's pretty easy. I think it's Morrissey, Ellers, Villardi, Mark Shifley. There's um, there's not a ton of reason to need to go cheaper. I think there's other options on the cheaper end of things that just will be better per dollar um, than these options. Um, but if I had to pick one punt play, I guess it would be Nate Schmidt. Um, he's picking up secondary power play time. Uh, has some good underlines over the last 10 games, just, you know, putting pucks on that, blocking blocking shots, sort of doing the stuff at 2,700, that's fine. It's, you know, whatever. If you need a punt, it's there. Good matchup. Um, but really, it's the main guns for me in Winnipeg. Okay. We could pretty simply move on, but I do have to ask one question. When, at which point, am I allowed to say that it is the season of Nikolai Ehlers, and I was right all along? Uh, let's wait for Kyle Connor to come back and for Nick Ehlers to not immediately fall back into a third line role. Perfect. We're off to Edmonton and Chicago, where once again, we have the Rockford. What are they? The Rockford. Oh, man. Ice Hogs. Um, ice Hogs. The Rockford Ice Hogs taking to the ice. Um, last time they played the Calgary Flames, and I said, holy crap, every Calgary Flame is minus 140 or better. Uh, for a point, I'm going to bet like all of them. And um, I didn't make money, even though they scored three goals. And they just were all very concentrated and not how I would have liked it. And um, yeah, I don't think that I'm you know taking that in and putting it into this slate. Like this is a, a very, 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 very bad team in um, Chicago. I mean, just 
I don't need to, you know, everyone's beaten into the ground. They are icing like 16 million in cap space. Like Nylander and Marner are going to be making more than this entire roster. Like I get it, you know, whatever. Um, Edmonton is unbelievable. They, Connor McDavid. I will just bring up Colin Blackwell. I don't know if it's going to get massively overlooked. He um, almost had a hat trick. He really should have. He missed the empty net twice. So also maybe he just sucks. I don't know. Uh, but they went 11 and seven. They played Kurashev, Dickinson, Reichel, Blackwell, Donato, and Gutman a ton. Um, I think of that mix, I get like Kurashev is, while arguably the most talented in that mix, uh, he's also very expensive. Dickinson is, I mean, I'm not paying 4600 for Dickinson. So it's kind of like, okay, so Donato, Blackwell, like these are punts that are going to get big minutes and power play run. Um, Donato is probably my favorite of the bunch. Um, but, you know, Cole Gutman, I, I honestly think there is at least a case that to be made that he is at least in, in consideration. He was shooting before Bedard went out and the role got increased. So is there anyone you want me to, did you pull up, uh, yeah, you pulled up Chicago Edmonton. Why, why don't I bring you to the stage here for a second so we can have the numbers if you're watching along as well. Is there anything you want to mention first and foremost on Chicago and then just get over to what we're all really here to listen to and talk about? Um, I mean, not really, but here's Blackwell and Gutman. They're, you know, above seven uh, over the last 10 in terms of expected fantasy points. They're right around that mark in actuals too, which is, you know, never a bad thing. Um, you know, because sometimes these bad players show up and, oh, wow, they're expected to get, you know, nine fantasy points per game and they get four. And it's like, well, okay, maybe that's because they suck. But, um, you know, Blackwell clearly had the ceiling game last time out. Again, it's 3,500, it's not 2,500. So I'm a little bit inclined to just go looking for more punts. You know, the Cody Glass, Tomasino, Ilk, that duo saves you, you know, almost 2,000 over uh blackwell gutman and obviously you're not doing two v2s like that but like it's just one of those things where i think the the salary savings down to a true punt um is better than you know betting on this terrible terrible matchup but yeah uh mcdavid incredible um he's back to his shooting form you know he's never going to be a matthews type shooter in terms of volume but he's far closer to that than he was at the beginning of the season and as a result his you know, expectation looks very much in line with Matthews, given his incredible uh, playmaking ability and the success of his line mates. Well, he, he and his line mates to this point where they are just absolutely nuking as far as their um, expecteds go. I mean, over the last 10 expected four, four and a half uh, expected goals per 60 minutes, like just absurd stuff. And that's not even including the power play where they're just automatic. So McDavid, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, I, I would prefer to go there over Dreisaitl, uh, honestly. Um, and then, of course, you got to consider Evan Bouchard, who finally had a three-point game. Um, I think it had been a while since he had one of those. Um, yeah, since early December since he had one. Um, so, you know, he's in consideration, though his rates have dropped a little bit over the last 10. So I'm not, like, running to the podium to jam in a 7K defenseman on this slate. Yeah. Um I agree largely uh, with everything you just said. I like, I think, I think I'm convincing myself a little bit that I could consider playing dry cycle, uh, like a dry cycle full goal Bouchard situation, but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm overthinking it, uh, you know, 23 hours yeah. before a lock for no reason. And I'm probably going to come back on that. Um, the Hyman thing is interesting. I, I think again, 
one thing I'll definitely note is double check the power play point props for these guys tomorrow. Hyman's been like double the price of everyone else. And he's been very, very useful. Um, I think they try to get the puck down low to him when they can. Uh, and he's net front normally. So I, I think you can definitely convince me as well. That just, you know, a Hyman power play point. You, you mentioned this power play has been automatic. They're not going against a very good penalty kill uh, to no one's surprise. So yeah, I, I could be in on anything here. There's five guys to consider. Do whatever you want, and and I'll probably tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I don't. After much consideration, end up on something. I don't think that's crazy to consider like Fogel dry settle as a stack um, against Ottawa. You know they were at home, uh, so I think it's reasonably similar. Maybe it'll be slightly more owned. Um, you know on, on this ten game slate, but on Saturday McDavid was thirty seven, Nude twenty nine, Hyman twenty. Dreisaitl was 17, McLeod 10, Fogel 8. So, you know, you're getting about half the ownership and you can stack those guys and still get a good second stack with it. Like, I don't think you can fit in Matthews and friends. Like, you might be able to fit in a one-off Matthews with Edmonton 2, but you certainly can't with Edmonton 1. So, like, if you wanted to try to thread them, I think that's a perfectly acceptable way to get a very good exposure to a very good line. You know, I'll never say bad things about any line that Ryan McLeod's on um, at a much more fair yeah. salary than, you know, Edmonton won. So, uh, you know, no problems there. Right. Let's kick off uh, Boston and Arizona. Um, I think I'm largely out on this spot. Boston on a back-to-back Everything in my being wants to play 3K Dylan Gunther, uh, getting power play one and rocking on a line with Matias Michelli. Um, so that's the only allowance I, I think I'm making in this spot. I will deeply, deeply consider a one-off Dylan Gunther. I think he's a better version of Brennan Offman, who I think we talked about on Thursday's show. Um, and Gunther got called up and he's you know, a premium prospect. And yeah, he's very, very good. So I'm deeply considering that, but really this matchup screams sludge fest to me. Yeah, I have no interest. I, I'm going to fade this game um, entirely, no matter I, I mean, again, I get what you're saying about, about Gunther. Um, if Boston comes out and isn't playing well and they take penalties and whatnot, like I think we could be looking at a situation where Gunther is very useful. So I agree. Uh, Mincelli is great. Uh, Jack McBain, whatever. I mean, that's your center here though. Like it just feels like this Arizona team has been good enough to where they should reward their team and their fans with like getting someone a little more useful, but yes, um, we can just move on. Uh, you know, Boston's probably gonna be the same. It's, you know, they're tying anchors to guys like posture knock. Uh, I don't know why they're not going back to Marchand, but I think that'd be the only way I'd even give it a second glance is if posture knock and Marchand are together. Um, if that happens, maybe, you know, again, I'll give it a second glance. Yeah, I, I slandered Geeky, and he immediately got a three-point night last Thursday and then followed it up with a goal and four shots as Boston scored seven against my goalie on Saturday. So I'm sorry, Morgan. Please don't take it out on me. Nothing personal. Um, like, it's fine, but Boston's just clearly in an inferior spot to the other high-end pieces on this slate, and I'd rather play Kudrov over Pasternak, and then obviously Matthews McDavid are just stratospheres above projection-wise, in my opinion, which, you know, means that Pasternak will be a bit lower-owned, but um, I think you know the drill at this point as far as tournaments go. So let's close it out with Ottawa and Calgary. Um, Ottawa's just dead. I, hate I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, they got... <laughs> Like, I don't know. No, I was going to say, like, I oh, just, I don't know. Okay, go ahead. No, no, it, it, you're saying, I was going to say, both teams feel just like 
holy crap, man. Like, could it get it? Can't, it couldn't get too much worse for Ottawa. Like, Ottawa actually is at the like a low point that's really like holy. Like, this is, and I don't know if you saw this, but like they're thing they're buying at the deadline. Like, I'm not sure if you saw that whole thing that came out that they're like. Well, we just need a couple more dollars to get this thing to really pop off. And it's like, oh, freaking crap, dude. Like, you got to cut it this season. It's over. It's done. The Sabres are lapping you. Like, and then on the other hand, like, the Flames have been fine. They're, they're, you know, 39 points isn't laughably bad. It's pretty bad, right? I mean, it's not good. They're basically the Montreal Canadiens of the West. They're sixth in the Pacific. And they just dropped, you know, a free, a handout against Chicago who really wasn't playing well. Like it, it's just, it, it really is like, I feel like you could make the case on both yep. sides. Like there's no way either of these teams could show up and play flat. And yet I just don't know how I'm playing this game. Like, I don't know what I'm, I, I just, I think I'm not, I just don't care. Yeah. Fortunately the prices don't really make sense here. So I think that's where we're going to get away with just not even thinking about this game. I mean, like, you know, like there's just, everyone's above $5,000. So you really want to consider. So like, I just, I think it's pretty easy to X these guys out and move on. Um, but keep an eye, um, you know, if like, let's see, yeah, if Coronado shows up or something, you know, like maybe consider that, but I don't know. There, there's nothing. Uh, there's no anticipation of any major shakeups or anything like that as far as the lines go. And so for that reason, I'm largely out. Uh, so top stacks guarantee I goals. Think, yeah. I, I guess, again, I, I think I, the, the last note in this game is like both of these teams, I am keeping a pretty big eye on just because they are giving so much minutes and run to their, their top guys because they're just floundering. They're floundering fish and they cannot afford to lose anymore. And they are so all of the minutes are going to their top guys as they try to just scrape together something of value. I don't like this matchup for either team. I don't like this game. We can move on, but I do think it's like, don't let this get in your head too much and let's get to our top sacks. I will take Vancouver one. Um, not with Quinn Hughes, to be honest. I, I do get it. I think he's been really good as well. And uh, you need that three point night from him. But I think if all three of these guys are getting there, then it, you know, it's possible, but I, I think I'm going to need that cap elsewhere. Okay. Um, no, I get it. Um, I'm going to go with, I think taking advantage of these cheaper Anaheim prices, uh, could be, could be fun. I don't know. Zegers has been kind of owned lately. So that worries me a bit, but Zegers, Terry, Minchikov, like, I think their upside is there. I'm certainly not playing them in like single entry or anything like that, but, um, Betting on Minchikov before we see it, I think, will be you know a key to taking advantage of this price tag um, at just thirty eight hundred right now. He's been there, done it, and clearly we know that Zegers and Terry have you know literal slate breaking upside, even if they don't you know project to do that all that often. Yeah, um, there's not a ton of value on this like mid tier value on this slate that I love, so I think I am just going to go with for now the Drysdale McLeod Vogel situation. Um, because altogether it is basically Buffalo too. You know, I, I think I might ride that myself. Uh, I, I almost think maybe I could convince myself not to take all, you know, both wingers here and go with Bouchard. If I have, obviously I have the cap. Um, Bouchard is obviously very useful. And like, if Drysdale is actually breaking the slate, um, you know, Bouchard on the power play, getting assists to him is, is very likely to be uh, a primal cause for that to happen. Primal cause? I don't think that's how that works in English. Anyways, Matt, back to you. Um, 
I can't I can't even think of the words that you would be um, trying to come a up primary with. Primary cause. All right. So the primary cause. Yeah, I think I think that's the right word. Okay. No, you're right. Um, yeah, I feel right. like I was trying to say it like so, like 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 it's one of the primary causes. Okay, I'm gonna stop talking. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. So give me give me Kempi, uh, Fiala, and let's just go Dubois because I honestly think we need to fill a center spot. Um, but really, just the idea is stacking around LA using Kempi and Fiala for the power play. Like I think even Drew Doughty is okay. Like he's gonna be unowned at 5600. Um, but they're clearly a bet on regression. You know, you're gonna see it in the sheet. Um, you don't need to share that. But based on natural stat trick over the last 10 10 games uh they basically have an expected goals for at five on five akin to the edmonton oilers like the difference between the kings and the third place stars is the same place same difference between stars and league average over the last 10 games which you know is about league average in all games uh but over that span instead of scoring you know three and a half goals like they have expected they scored 2.2 goals like they're just getting absolutely like uh very unlucky and I think Adrian Kempe is 7,300. He's going to be overlooked. And I really, like, yes, I respect Tampa, but I respect LA, I think, a bit more. And the pricing on Fiala is ridiculous. So give me Kempe Fiala and then just fit in whoever sort of fits on LA around the rest of your lineup for my stack. I'll go Dubois for the purposes of this podcast, though. Okay. Um, I will start guaranteeing goals with Gabe Velarde. Uh, we made a good case around this team already. And I get that Ehlers is probably easier to say is more prolific goal scorer and his shot rate's been there, but the expected goals, like Velarde is in the dangerous areas. Like he is not only shooting mm-hmm. a decent bit, but they're very dangerous shots almost every time. I watched a lot of that Arizona game and it seemed like yes. this guy was just, every shot was because it was like, that could have been a goal every time. Uh, goalie made a save. So, and I think that is just largely proven by the numbers. All right. Yep, I like that. Uh, I'll take Philip Forsberg off the board, uh, 7,800. You know, just talk about the Anaheim stack. I think this game has uh, some good two-way potential. Um, but yeah, I don't think I need to explain Phil Forsberg. Uh, I'll take, uh, you know what? Do you, do you want me to get crazy? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll, I'll take Oliver Bergstrom. Let me just take Bergstrom. Um, that's, that's the guy here for me. Okay. Uh, and I will go Dylan Gunther. Uh, just a really, really good prospect getting power play one. Uh, by the way, he took Michelli's power play job. So unfortunately that five on five power play correlation doesn't quite exist. Um, but we know we love Michelli on this show. Um, so I think he sets up Gunther for a nice goal here or the power play does, which, you know, again, Boston's on a back to back. I'm not that scared of them defensively. So let's do it, Dylan. Anything else before we close out the show, DJ? Nope. Let's close out the show. Let's get you to dinner. Let's get me to watching some games. Um, and you know, I might even throw on the national championship for a minute, uh, just to see what all the hubbub will do is about. Uh, it's the, uh, Wumbo versus the mini. Okay. If you, uh, have watched SpongeBob. <laughs> sure. Um, all right. Thank you all for listening. And thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this show. Uh, so be sure to check us out. Uh, it's over. I'll, I'll post a link to the YouTube in the podcast description. If you do want to just throw a subscribe on the channel and, you know, you can watch us that way. Um, but as you've seen, this podcast will not be changing for better or for worse. So, uh, you know, feel free to continue listening on your podcast app of choice. I'm at fake moods on Twitter. DJ's at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. And the podcast is at morning skate pod. Please. 
uh, leave a like and a review if you like this on either YouTube or on you know the podcast. Uh, we, we appreciate it. And that'll do it. So thank you all for listening. From Doug, from DJ, from myself, Edward Slate, everybody, and we will see you.